Hey, good morning. Thank you for joining us for a recent sermon from Harvest Baptist Church. I'm Mark Likens. I'm the lead pastor here at Harvest. We're a Bible-believing, gospel-centered, grace-driven church family right here in Natrona Heights, Pennsylvania. And if you'd like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us on Facebook or at harvestbaptist.info. Now, I hope you enjoyed today's sermon. It's my prayer that this will encourage and equip you in your relationship with God. Look with me in verse 13 of James chapter 4. James is saying, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. The older you get, the more true this verse becomes. But it says our life is a vapor. That's the breath that we breathe on cold mornings. It comes out, and before you know it, it's gone. He says it's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that, or for that reason, or because of that truth, the Bible says in verse 15, Ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such, boast, uh, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. James is teaching us a valuable lesson here in this uh, familiar passage of Scripture. He's teaching us that none of us, not me, not you, none of us in this room today knows what is going to happen tomorrow. Now, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Now, we, we think we know, and many times we could be right. We could say, well, here's what... I'm going to do tomorrow. Lord willing, we're going to drive to Louisville tonight, spend the night in Louisville, and then the next day, Monday, we're going to be back uh, in central Arkansas where the high is going to be in the 70s tomorrow. Hallelujah uh, for that. But the truth of the matter is, uh, we don't know if that's going to happen. So look at verse uh, 15. For ye ought to say, because our life is a vapor, because we know not what it shall be on the morrow, he said, for that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this. We shall do that. And so since we don't know for sure what will take place tomorrow, we ought to be saying, Lord, if it's your will, if you allow this, if you uh, will this to be, then we can do that. And James goes on to say, look at verse 16. This is a very interesting verse that uh, we, we have to have in context here. It says that if we rejoice, but now ye rejoice in your boastings. This is what I'm going to do tomorrow. This is my plan. This is my agenda. This is what I want to do. But many times we boast in that. And let me say this, uh, that doesn't mean we shouldn't plan. We should plan. We should prepare. Uh, the Bible is very clear about that. We should plan and, and, and make, make our uh, uh, preparations for tomorrow and we should uh, have a vision and we should have dreams and we should have goals and we should have ambitions. But what James is saying here is we cannot make plans and simply leave God out of the equation. We can't do that. We can't say, God, this is what I'm doing. If you want to come along, fine. But this is what James says. We can't do that because we don't even know if we're going to be here tomorrow. We don't even know if there's going to be a tomorrow. The simple fact of the matter is, I know you believe this. I've heard your pastor preach this, that we believe the Lord could come back at any time. 
I mean, he could come back before this message is even over. He could come back before the day's out. And so we really don't know. So what happens is we need to have the mindset that, God, I want you included in my plans. I want you included in my agenda. Yes, I have a plan. And I even have some dreams, and I have some goals, and I have even some wishes and some desires. And that, none, of the, none of those things are wrong. But if we say, uh, if we fail to say, God, I want you to be with me every step of the way, and I want you leading me and guiding me every step of the way, James says that boasting, notice what he says in verse 16, all such boasting is evil. Isn't that interesting? He said, if you make plans and leave God out of the equation, that is uh, evil. And so now, in light of all of that, let's consider verse 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. We teach our young men in our homiletics class when you're preparing a message or our hermeneutics class in biblical uh, interpretation that therefore, whenever you see therefore, you need to see what it's there for. And therefore, it simply means, James says, because of what I've just told you, because of the truth that I have just taught you, if you know what you need to do that is good and you fail to do it, knowing that you might not get another opportunity, we may not be here tomorrow. We may not live long enough or the Lord may come back. And so if God says, you know there's something good you need to do, there's something that I have given you to do, you need to do it. You need to do it now. And to fail to do that, notice what he says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is what? It is sin. Isn't that interesting? He said it's actually sinful. It, it, it comes from an evil heart to refuse to do good. And as a Christian, we know the uncertainty of life and the fact that we could literally, we could be standing before the Lord in the next breath. Uh, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 12, verse 47, said the servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. Verse 48 says, but he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. So what it's saying is for us to hear the word of God and to know the will of God as it is revealed in the word of God and then have a failure to do that, James says that's sin. That's a sin for for us to commit something like that or fail to be engaged in that. So with this as our foundation, I would like to invite you to Psalm chapter 92. That was kind of a springboard and, and given the context of that. And we could go to many other passages in the Word of God, but Psalm 92, I was sitting at my kitchen table reading this one morning and I thought, wow, this, this is, these are good things the Bible says that we ought to do. Am I doing these? When you, anytime you look in the Word of God and the Holy Spirit begins to deal with you, He's saying, you need to look inward and, and, and see if this is something that might apply to you. And so I try to do that every time. And before I preach a message, I'm preaching to myself uh, every bit as much as I'm preaching to anybody uh, that might be hearing the message. But the Word of God says that there are some key actions that are good things that we know we should do. Good things that the Word of God says we should do these things because they are good things. Now notice in Psalm 92 verse 1, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. So I'm going to give you just a few thoughts here this morning. The Bible, uh, it, it, 
has given us a great outline here. Three things that we'll look at very quickly. Three key actions. And we'll see some good things. First of all, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Would you agree with that? But sadly, thankfulness and gratefulness is a lost commodity in our society today. It's, it's not, you don't see it very much anymore. A wise man once made this observation. He said, thankfulness is the beginning of gratitude. Just the beginning. Thankfulness is the beginning of gratitude. Gratitude is the completion of thankfulness. And what's the difference? Well, thankfulness may be just an expression. Say thank you. Say, express thanks to somebody. Gratitude is shown in acts is shown in action and that's how you determine gratitude the Word of God tells us that thankfulness for everything is actually the will of God for us in first Thessalonians the Bible says in verse uh, chapter 5 verse 18 in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you now I know that's easier said than done it's not always easy to give thanks for everything but that's what the Bible says why can we give thanks for everything Here's a logical step here. We can give thanks for everything because God's word promises us that everything or all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So even if we can't understand it right now, we can still give thanks. Many times we give thanks to men who help us or who do kindness to us or do good deeds to us. We thank the one that is uh, uh, generous to us and such. And we ought to. We ought to do that. Every single one of us here as parents have taught our children to say thank you. Uh, somebody gives them something and you always say, what do you say? And it's almost mechanical. Thank you. But isn't it sad that we even have to be told to express thanks? Uh, it's almost like God does something for us and the Holy Spirit says, what do you say? Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Thank you, God. And sometimes we throw no more meaning into it than we do when parents say, what do you say? Thank you. And then you go on about your day. There's no more thought to that. I've been guilty of this. That's why when I was sitting at my kitchen table uh, having my private uh, or, or my quiet time with the Lord, this message really jumped out and said, hey, this is for you this morning. But if we say thank you and express thanks to others for their goodness and their generosity, how much more should we be thankful to the Lord for all that he's done for us? God has been so good to us, and he doesn't just give us a little here and there. He daily loads us with benefits. Are you familiar with Luke 6.38? Here's, here's a great verse. Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over, the Bible says, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be, given, uh, shall be measured to you again. So God says, you can't outgive me. And uh, he says, go ahead and try. Go ahead and try. See if you can outgive me. God says, no, I'm not going to match that gift. I'm going to see your heart. I'm going to see your gift. I'm going to see your sacrifice. I'm going to see uh, the, the, uh, the, the way that you're giving that to me out of a heart of love. And I'm going to open the windows of heaven. And I'm going to pour you out a blessing that you can't even receive it. He says it's going to be pressed down, shaken together, running over. Uh, you ever buy a bag of potato chips in the store? And then by the time you get home, you got half a bag of potato chips? Why is that? Because it's been shaken together and pressed down. When God blesses us, he says, here, I'm going to give you this blessing. Now, before I leave, 
you shake it a little bit. You shake it, and it settles down here. Here, let me, let me fill that bag back up. Now shake it again. Press down. And now I'm just going to give enough. It's going to be actually running over. The Lord doesn't always just indiscriminately just give us things. The Bible says the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but notice this, they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Psalm 84, 11, for the Lord God is a sun and shield and the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold, here it is, from those who walk uprightly. So the, God, the Bible says that if we seek him, if we walk uprightly, he's going to give us everything that we need. And if he just gave us everything we wanted without any corresponding responsibility, what happens? We would very quickly lose our thankfulness. Isn't that what's happening in our society today? Many times the enemy of thankfulness is entitlement. If we ever got to the place where we feel that God owes us this or owes us that, we'll no longer be thankful for what he does for us. Someone posed this convicting question. What would we have today if we only had that which we thanked God for yesterday? And I'd have to say I'd have a whole lot less today because many times we fail in this area. That begs the question, if we know where to give thanks to the Lord and it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, what is it that's keeping us from being truly thankful to Him? And I'm talking about in our prayer time, in our quiet time with Him. Uh, as, as Matt said, many times we bring our complaints, we bring our wish list to Him. Why can't we just say, God, I'm just coming to you this morning and I just want to say thank you. I just want to tell you how much I love you. I'm not asking for anything this morning. And you see, we really don't need to ask God for anything. He tells us to ask, and, and we should. But he already knows what we need even before we pray. And he is such a good God. Why are we not thankful? Secondly, notice back in verse 1. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Notice the second thing. It is a good thing to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. So secondly, it's a good thing to sing praises to his name. Eighteen times in the Word of God, it says that we should sing praises to our God. And this is closely related to the first point because when you break it all down, I guess you could say that singing is just uh, expressing thankfulness to God in song or in music. Uh, and, and this is a good thing. The birds sing every morning except mornings like we woke up to this morning. And uh, can you imagine a bird saying, hey, I'm not going to sing? No, nope, just not going to do that. That would be so unnatural for a bird that would be so uncomely for a bird but the truth of the matter is the Bible says that it's uncomely for a Christian who refuses to sing praises to the Lord Psalm 33 1 rejoice in the Lord O ye righteous for praise is comely for the upright Psalm 147 1 praise ye the Lord for it is good to sing praises uh, unto our God for it is pleasant and praise is comely. You know, you actually look better when you're praising the Lord. You actually look better. If you don't believe that, try being up here <laughs> during the service. Uh, in our church, we the, the staff sit on the platform until the preaching stops, and then we, or, or it's not stops, till the preaching starts, and then we go and uh, sit out in the congregation. But sometimes uh, we're singing songs like Joy Unspeakable and Full of Glory. And I'm saying, seriously? Where's the joy? There's no joy. That's why we sing the song in, in children's church. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And we sing, where? 
it's certainly not on your face. It may be in your heart, but it hadn't made it up to your face yet. And so praise is comely. Praise is something that looks good on you. And I'm not saying you have to walk around singing all the time uh, to please God, but we ought to have an attitude of praise always for why the Bible says it's pleasant. And it's comely. You might say, well, hold on, Brother Presswood. Uh, you've obviously never heard me sing because uh, my singing has never been categorized as pleasant uh, or as comely. Well, I can certainly relate to that. Uh, I've not won any awards for singing myself, but I love to sing. And singing, my singing, only has to be pleasing to one person. You don't have to like my singing. And chances are you're not going to. You know, good chance. As I'm saying, in fact, that song that, uh, that we sang, the last song, The 10,000 Reasons, uh, I didn't know the tune, and I was trying to guess the tune, and so when you went down, I went up one time. And I'm thinking, oh, that didn't sound good. <laughs> and Anyway, but y y it only has to sound good to one person, and who's that? That's our Heavenly Father. Many times we have a wrong perspective. We, we think that the singers up here in the orchestra, boy, I, did you enjoy the orchestra? I play the baritone. And I'm thinking, boy, I would love to get in there and play in that orchestra. But I'd also love to sing in the choir, too. Uh, but as we're, as we're singing and, and the singing is going on up here, we sometimes have a misconception that, that this is the performer and the church is the audience. Uh, and that's not the way it is. When we come together as a church, we as a church are the performer and God is our audience. And that's who we're singing to, and that's who we're praising, and that's what we're doing. And, and you see, God delights to hear his children sing, just like we delight to hear our children sing. I have sang so many children's songs this week with Violet, and the wheels on the bus have gone round and round a lot this week, and we're singing all kinds of songs. We did find out, finally, that Grandma took the cookies from the cookie jar, and so we were singing that song a lot, and so we enjoy those kind of things. But when Violet comes to sing, there's a lot of words she says that I can't understand. And, but, you know, do I say, sweetie, I'm, I'm sorry, um, you come back when, you, when I can understand you. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. Go do something. There's not a chance I would do that. I'd say, oh, that's a, honey, get your phone. We got to film this. Look, Violet's singing. We, we, we joy with that. that. That brings gladness to our heart. I love to hear my daughter sing, and, and uh, uh, she's the youngest of four, and we, I love to hear the family sing. I love to hear that. And why? Because it's pleasing to God when we sing. I love the song that says, God wants to hear you sing. That's based on a, 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 a scripture uh, passage, and it may sound like a bunch of noise to everybody else, but when we praise our Heavenly Father, it's beautiful in His ears. The Bible says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. Notice this. He will joy over thee with singing. Isn't that interesting? That means if it makes God sing when he considers you and me, shouldn't it make us sing or at least have an attitude of, of praise to him when we think about him? I think that's what that means. If singing praises is a good thing and we fail to sing praises, according to James... It's a sin. Now, I don't think you have to walk around with your hands in the air all the time. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about just making your life uh, a, a, a life that you know it emanates.
praise to our God. You're wanting to make sure people understand, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm thankful. I, I love uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. I love my Heavenly Father, and I'm not afraid to let people know about it. Let's notice the third thing very quickly. It is a good thing to declare the wonderful attributes of God. Verse 2. By implication, we could add this phrase. It is a good thing to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. It's interesting that phrase show forth here is actually one word uh, in the Hebrew and it simply means to tell or to declare. As a matter of fact, the very first mention of this word is back in Genesis chapter 3 where God came in the garden and said, Adam, who told thee? that thou wast naked. In other words, who declared this information to you? Who told you this? So listen again to our text in uh, uh, Psalm 92.2. It is a good thing to show forth, to tell, to declare thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. You see, I agree with what Matt said. Our day should begin with praise. It should. I mean, get in the habit of when you wake up uh, instead of reaching for the phone to see how many people commented on last night's uh, uh, a comment on Facebook or whatever, you know, I will admit I got my phone fairly early this morning because I went to bed before the Arkansas game was over last night and was dismayed to hear that they had lost, but, uh, you know, that's fine. And, uh, but get in the habit of when you swing your legs over your bed or whatever, just say, hey, thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you for the health. Thank you that I'm still uh, able to get up. And we should be able to do this. Uh, the older you get, and I know none of us like to think we're getting older, uh, we, we ought to thank God uh, every day. Somebody said, you know you're getting older when people tell you, hey, you look good for your age. They always have to tack that on there. Hey, you look pretty good for your age. And, you know, so I don't know if that's always the best, but we ought to praise God. If you're here this morning, that means God has blessed you with enough strength to get here, and we ought to say, hey, thank you, God, and hey, let me tell others about this. We should praise Him for that, not just praise Him, but show forth His goodness and let other people know. You see, God has left us here on this earth for one reason. He wants to manifest His goodness, His love, His compassion, his long-suffering, he wants to manifest that to this lost and dying world, and he wants to do that through us. That's why we're here. He says, ye are the light of the world, ye are the salt of the earth. Uh, when he saved us, he could have taken us to heaven that moment, but he left us here so that we could be his mouthpieces. We could be uh, little reflections of the Lord Jesus Christ here on this earth. And if we fail to declare his goodness, if we fail to declare his loving kindness, then we're not fulfilling our responsibility. It's a good thing to do this. And James says, if we fail to do this, it's a sin. The Bible talks many, many times uh, about uh, where, where the psalmist says, I will praise thee among the nations. I will sing aloud of thy mercy. I will declare forever thy praises. I will make known thy faithfulness to all generations. You can't help but get the idea that God wants us to proudly and publicly praise him and declare his goodness. Not only should we praise him in the morning, but we should praise him in the evening, at night as well. Most people uh, in the evening, they, before they go to sleep, it's a time of contemplation. It's a time of reflection. It's a time of maybe uh, uh, trying to get the day's activities all uh, in order and maybe even make some plans for tomorrow, Lord willing. And why not spend that time thanking 
God, you've been so good to me. You've been so, what a day you've given me. And Lord, I'm excited about tomorrow to see what tomorrow may bring. And ask him, Lord, give me a good night's sleep tonight. According to Psalm 127, verse 2, a good, a good night's sleep is from the Lord. It's a good thing to declare to others the goodness of our God. And this church does a great job of getting out in the community. I, I, I've, I've known of many things you've had, community outreach, and that's exactly what we're supposed to do, to declare His goodness, to declare His loving kindness, to declare the free pardon of sin. And if we don't do that, according to James, we know that it's a good thing. According to James, it is a sin. Paul taught the churches uh, in Galatia, the Christians in the churches of Galatia, that it's good to be excited and zealous about the opportunities that God has given us to do good. Galatians 4.18, but it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing. That means you need to be excited about the things of God, excited about a chance to serve, excited about a chance to give, excited about just the fact that God loves you enough that he has uh, saved our soul. And so here's my challenge to us this morning, very simple challenge. Let's determine not to sin against God by refusing to do that which we know is good. This passage in Psalm 92 is just one passage that we could use, but there's many other passages in the Word of God where it says that we ought to do this or we ought to do that, and it's good to do this. It's a good thing. And remember, James says, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Why? Because we may not get another chance to do that. You know, I listened to Pastor Mark's message last Sunday, and he was talking about how good a God we serve we serve a good God and because of that we have some responsibilities and God is so good the the choir sang about it this morning he's so good that he sent his only begotten son to die on a cruel cross of Calvary to pay the penalty for our sins that's how good of God we are now I don't know about you but I know me and I know my heart and inside I say God that's I'm not worthy of that kind of love I'm not worthy of that degree of sacrifice. I mean, you did that for me. I mean, a bus kid from central Illinois just rode a bus to church and, and got saved by the grace of God. I don't deserve that. And the truth is, none of us are deserving, but God's grace makes us deserving. Isn't that a blessing? By His grace, we are deserving. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, I would invite you to make that decision today because we serve such a good God. It's a good thing to give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, this is Pastor Mark again, and I wanted to take a moment and just say thank you for tuning in to today's message. I hope that the message both challenged and encouraged you from the Word of God. Maybe you're listening for the first time. I want you to know that we believe the most important decision you'll ever make is the decision to know Jesus in a personal, intimate way. To find out more about that, you can visit harvestbaptist.info forward slash gospel. If you live in one of the four counties that are church borders, Allegheny, Westmoreland, Armstrong, Butler, and you don't have a church home, then we would invite you to come and to worship with us and join in the gospel work that God is doing here at Harvest Baptist Church. Maybe you're a regular listener and God's laying it on your heart to support the ministry and the outreach of Harvest. Your gift would help us reach more people more effectively with the gospel message. If you'd like to partner with us for ministry in Western Pennsylvania and around the world, you can visit harvestbaptist.info forward slash give. Again, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.